This is Chargers Unleashed Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dan Wolkenstein and Jake Hefner. Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake Hefner and Dan Wolkenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, is being brought to you by Bet Online and Charger Bolt Family. If this is your first time tuning into the show, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Dan Wolkenstein, it's day seven of day, Chargers training camp. Day seven feels good. We're flying through these days now. Another day of pads. Uh, welcome to Chargers Unleashed, guys. Be a part of the show. Give us a text, 31032. Use the code UNLEASHED, and you can join the show, ask us questions, or you can call the Chargers Unleashed hotline, 323-374-5651. Happy hump day to all of you. Uh, day six and day seven recaps coming your way. Lots of things happened yesterday. Lots of things happened today. Uh, we saw some a little bit of scary sightings a bit today at the end of camp, but all things seem to be okay with Maurice French. Uh, we saw some highlights from a one DeAndre Carter today, Gerald Everett's doing some stuff, uh, Damon Lloyd, Chris Rumpstock rising, J.K. Scott punting 70-yard bombs. We're getting to all of that, plus the press conferences of the last two days. Uh, so, Jake, off the top, over under, how many 70-yard bombs are going to see this coming 2022 season by a one J.K. Scott? I'm going to put the line at one and a half. For our friends over bet online, if you were to take the over under one and a half 70 yard bombs from JK Scott, what are you taking? I mean, it's been a long time since we've seen a punt travel that far on this team. So sadly, Dan, like when we, I mean, it's nice to see it happen during training camp practices, but <laughs> given the recent history of this team, special teams, I'm going to go with the under. Because You're going to burst when, my bubble. I'm sorry, but it's, until I actually see it take place in, an, in, a, in a live game with 11 other dudes barreling down on you, I will hedge my bets on that <laughs> respectfully. But uh, I know where Dan's going here and can, talking about making bets. Let's talk about bet online as it is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports contests and events with first to market odds and lines, find reviews and news for every league, including the major league baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, UFC, esports, and even golf. Bet online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information from live in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to bet online today or use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet using the promo code believe 50. That's B L E A V five O to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts. Beautiful Jake. I like this transition we got going. Although I didn't like your answer. I'm taking the over because why not? We, some of us, the Chargers, they need to have nice things sometimes, right? Dan Wolkenstein, if you haven't realized by now I'm pessimistic by nature, you should know this from doing this show with me for the last <laughs> three almost, years. Yeah, three <laughs> years now. So if you haven't figured that out by now, you're just not paying attention. Correct. Correct. Speaking of which, Hot Takes Cold Beer, new segment is going to be coming to the show. You know Jake's optimism, my pessimism. Actually, that's the opposite. See what yeah, I did there? Yeah. <laughs> so, Hot Takes Cold Beer. Excited to re- release that one here in a few weeks. Uh, but Jake, let's go right off of what happened today. And then yesterday, of course, we kind of bubbled all into one. Uh, overall, 
what would you say is kind of the biggest thing that happened the last couple of days? I think the the talk about Nasir Adderley. Thank you. And the performance from him the last two days of practice has been very, very encouraging. And I, I take it all the way back to Saturday with Coach Ronaldo Hill and questions that he was answering about Nasir Adderley during practice, how he's evaluating himself and how just the comments literally were just mere words of one another as far as how much he's learned, obviously being now in the second year of this system, his discipline, he's now saying that they both literally uh, as much as he would like to be flying around out there, there you do have to kind of pick and choose your moments in which to do it. But it's really encouraging to see based off of the year that he had last year was playing faster, was playing more physical. I think he was definitely playing more disciplined and coming into this year, especially even for the time being with Derwin James holding in right now, just awaiting on that contract that is forthcoming. He's essentially being the leader out there in that secondary. So it's a really encouraging sign to see from him. Obviously got an interception on Tuesday, got an interception in practice earlier today. Uh, and it's it's really encouraging signs right now, especially when you're talking about him being out there with a bunch of new faces in the secondary and really taking up a leadership spot. Yep. See, seeing him with his range is a, a a blessing. And if he can kind of keep this up, this secondary can be arguably the best in the NFL. That's no hyperbole. You have JC Jackson, top five corner. You got Derwin James, top one safety. You got Asante Samuel Jr. You've got Bryce Callahan. And you got Nazir Adderley. Find me a better five backfield than that. Um, Jake, I think honestly, probably something that I was more excited about because I think it kind of changed the landscape if you will, of the Chargers wide receiving group is, and also the roster makeup is a one DeAndre Carter. Uh, DeAndre Carter has been balling at camp, uh, not only as a returner, but also you're starting to see him on offense all over the place. And Brandon Staley talked about in his press conference today, talked about how successful he's been at that, talked about how he's able to not only just play as a receiver, as a punt returner, but he could play out wide, play in the slot, good after the catch. Uh, and it's a, has a good feel for running the football. So uh, Jaja Carter is getting in a good rhythm with Justin Herbert. And Jake, I'm telling you, if Justin and DeAndre Carter can get on the same page and they can have a package deployed for him and actually utilize him on offense, I think, and you and I kind of talked about this offline, Jake, I think it changes the narrative of who's going to make this team on offense. Like, is there going to be six receivers anymore? Is he going to be wide receiver four? Like you never know, but you'd like to see them involving him early and often. Yeah, it's Carter's definitely making the argument for six wide receivers on this roster tough. Uh, and I've, I've been pulling for Joe Reed, and more recently, I've been pulling for Michael Bandy. I thought if there is going to be a wide receiver, receiver six on this team, that Bandy would be leading that charge right now. But DeAndre Carter is making it really difficult for the Chargers. Yeah, two touchdowns today. I I know he he had two on Saturday at practice, and then I believe it was two today, or it was it may have been two yesterday. I apologize. I've gotten all my days kind of mixed up now. But essentially, that's four touchdowns within a three day span at practice. Not too bad. Um, he's making it very very difficult 
for the Chargers to keep six wide receivers because they may need to put that uh, that insurance and that focus on extra players at a different position, pr- most notably probably on <laughs> the defense in the middle of the field. But DeAndre Carter, this is kind of what you wanted to see from that because you got glimpses of what he was u- of how he was utilized with his prior teams. And you just thought when you bring him onto a team with this many weapons, with a quarterback like Justin Herbert, can you really just take it to the next level with him? And not only as Brandon Staley alluded to, he's not just a kick returner. And as special teams coordinator, Ryan Ficken said, his speed is much, is much better than what you see on tape. Live, live speed. It's a hell of a lot better. So the, the talk is is real. The, the hype is getting there right now. And I'm just excited to win. We're in regular season games. What what formations is he going to be coming in with? And with which wide receivers is he going to be coming in with? Are you going to be taking him in on any of these trick trick plays to utilize that type of speed that he has? I'm I'm excited. I'm getting there. I mean, it's it's uh it's unfortunate for the bandy and the Joe Reed uh you know, incur encourages, but it's, it's, I mean, but even even it, Bandy's had a good camp. Like, it, but it, that's what I'm just saying. Bandy's had a great camp, yep. and out there, they're, out they're, there returning today. Yes, and it's it is really encouraging to see a battle like this going on with the way that Bandy's playing, but obviously DeAndre Carter just playing the way that he is. It may just force the Chargers to put their focus elsewhere and just keep five on the active roster. As much as I would like to see the likes of Michael Bandy or Joe Reed making this team and possibly the Chargers keeping wide receiver six and having a variety of different weapons. It's going to be tough to do that. One of the other things, Jake, that has gotten me excited about this team and seeing them in practice and seeing them utilize Gerald Everett is kind of one of the the pieces that has been kind of a highlight for me in the sense that like they're using that gadgetry term more often not necessarily literally saying gadgetry, but you see it in the plays that they're calling and both with Gerald Everett and you're seeing it with DeAndre Carter. Like there wasn't enough of that in this offense in years past. There just wasn't. And whether that's because of the play calling, whether that's because of the roster, whether that's because of the scheme, who knows, but being able to kind of have that at your disposal, like that, that's a good way to be able to kind of manufacture yards when other things aren't necessarily working. And so Gerald Everett talked about it today, how he's comfortable doing it. He has experience doing things like jet sweeps and end arounds and screens and handoffs and pass protection. And he looks forward to kind of proving himself as the more improved player than he was last year. And then you add that with DeAndre Carter, both of those guys doing that kind of stuff. It makes it interesting. But the part that you talked about that I thought was, I was going to ask you. So at camp, we've seen it a few days now. We've seen... DeAndre Carter, punt returner. We've seen Michael Bandy, punt returner. And we've seen Bryce Callahan, punt returner. What do you make of that? Big picture. Like it's, it's, it's more, it's more so the names that I don't hear on that list that catches my attention. I.E. Joe Reed. Dan, this is what we saw last year in camp when we were talking about the likes of Austin Prohl that was, you know, doing returns. Joe, Joe Reed was nowhere to be found as it relates to the, the special teams drills in a role that when he was in college, he was known for doing on special teams. So seeing it start off this way again, I know that Joe Reed today in special teams drills was in at Gunner, but 
I mean, it's it's almost just a it's almost just a little bit telling, you know, especially from a wide receiver group that is diverse enough already. And when you have a guy who is a very who has a versatile skill set all to his own, that if you were to take Joe Reed and compare him to the rest of the five receivers that are currently essentially locks for the roster, you would say, okay, he's got enough of a skill set to where he can add something different. And then they're not utilizing. No. I know he's made a couple of good catches during practice so far, and I and it's encouraging from the standpoint that he's continued to build on what he had during mini uh, during mandatory mini camp. But this is going to be tough. This is going to be real tough. And I, I fact checked myself real quick as Dan, you were asking about it. It was two touchdowns that he had caught today in seven on seven drills for DeAndre Carter. Um, so yeah, this this wide receiver group is. It's a great competition. There's there's nothing bad that can really come from this, but DeAndre Carter's basically saying the buck stops with me. There's nobody that's that's going to be behind me here, and I love the fact that the Chargers are utilizing him the way that they are and not just as a returner. I can already see it, Jake, and this is going to happen not just at receiver, but there are going to be multiple positions where when you get to the final 53-man roster and the cuts that come, there are going to be guys that are cut from this team who are going to get picked up by other teams and are going to produce on other teams. And you're going to see some form of semblance of this fan base that's going to be like, I can't believe you let insert player go. Well, but flip like, the script, flip the script on that. Because remember, the final 53 is never really the final 53 until the first game is played. So the Chargers could easily do that by picking up another individual from a different team after the cuts are done. It all depends on who comes available. So and, that, and this was one of them that I had said the positions to watch for, depending on who gets let go by another team. I'm not so sure that that happens now, the way that DeAndre Carter's playing. So then with that, Jake, I like how these transitions are smooth. We're going back off each other. This is magic. So you have Joe Reed potentially not coming in as wide receiver six. Maybe you don't need six wide receivers. With kind of the issues that we're seeing with Kenneth Murray, the issues that we're seeing with Drew Tranquil now with the lingering stuff, I know everyone's kind of downplaying it but i think if you do do only five wide receivers then the depth of the i think defense in my opinion and i think you would agree is important and so you're seeing guys like chris rump you're seeing guys like jamal davis damon lloyd all these guys are performing well and for a a team that probably wasn't going to have as many of them to start camp now there might be one more spot and you might see one of those guys obviously rump is going to make the team but there's going to be another linebacker or edge, I feel, that's going to make this team two weeks ago probably wasn't going to. The the ultimate chess piece here, obviously, is Kyle Van Noy because you can essentially move him around as a piece without counting him twice against a position, essentially. So if you're really bringing him in to have as either, what, edge three, or is he your inside linebacker three, whatever, whatever it is that you want to call it. He's a chess piece, obviously that you can move around, which is good from the standpoint that it gives a little bit more options to how many players that you can keep in this particular circumstance. Obviously drew tranquil is dealing with a groin injury. Thankfully it doesn't sound like it's very serious. I know he didn't practice yesterday or today, but it sounds like eventually when he's ready, he'll come back Um, again, nothing that expects uh, from Brandon Staley's comments that he expects to be long lasting. But Kenneth Murray's situation is a little bit more difficult when you look into that. It's still 
it's still he could still be gone, Dan, for the duration of the preseason. And then how is he going to look and how quickly is he going to be able to ramp back up? I know that Staley had alluded to the ramp up process has started today for him. What does that mean for a timeline? We don't know. So seeing guys like Damon Lloyd, who has really been making a lot of plays in camp. Dan, I know you were talking to Matt Money Smith about this, and even Daniel Popper echoed it in the in his QA yesterday. The Denzel Perryman like vibe that everybody starts to see him. You you were one of them. Matt was the other, and Daniel was the other one. And then uh, apparently they really like, and this was my question to Daniel, just speaking about uh, Jamal Davis and Damon Lloyd specifically. As far as Damon Lloyd goes, they really like his coverage ability. But for both of these guys, Popper made it clear that it's really going to come down to special teams. And if everything, if anything has been indicative of how Ryan Fitkin is running this special teams unit you know he's going to have these guys prepared. So it's going to be an interesting battle. And Dan, at this point in time right now, just because of the depth at both of those positions, I would rather see them keep five linebackers or five edge rushers. I agree. Over over six wide receivers. I don't think it's close. I trust Justin Herbert to bring up anyone that's receiving balls from him. I would rather have there be more depth on the defensive side. Um, Jake, I will say Brandon Staley did allude to it today in the press conference that he does. He's hoping he thinks that they're still on track with Kenneth Murray to be able to play at some capacity during camp. So I don't know what that means, whether that's the last day, who knows. Um, But there's still optimism there. Um, But I know the organization has to be just clamoring to get him out there because you got the issue with Jerry Tillery already. And then another first round pick. And Kenneth Murray, again, that's not necessarily his fault. Injuries suck. It's a thing of the game. But you know they want him to kind of go out there and showcase why they picked him in the first round. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else? Sebastian Joseph Day came out today in the press conference, Jake. Uh, great personality, by the way. If you have not seen him speak, you have to go. I think he has his own podcast. I mean, the guy's fantastic. Uh, I think his nickname for Justin Herbert, Sherbert. Do you hear that? I heard he had like three or four different nicknames for Justin Herbert. <laughs> Jay Herb, Sherbert. I forget what else he said he was, but um, he he said today, Jake, that he was surprised by how big he was. We saw him in person, and he was. I, I'm paraphrasing. Basically, he was like, "Man, if he if he grew a couple pounds, he could play defensive end." He was surprised at how big Justin Herbert was, but you know, praised him on his uh, precision, praised him on his uh, you know throwing power, his accuracy, and you know, he think he obviously knows Justin Herbert's the real deal. Uh, And when he talks about the defense and what made it special along with coach Brandon Staley, he talked about the ability for like the team's defense to be complex, but also be able to adapt to every, every offense that they're playing against. And that is not only a sign of a good defense, but also a sign of a good coach. And with his time playing with Brandon Staley in the past, that's what he's loved about him. And he kind of sees that coming and last thing that I said that I thought was important to me, Jake, was when he mentioned about kind of, I don't know which reporter asked him the question, but he asked him kind of like, you know, what does this team need to do to kind of prove itself and to kind of come together? And he said something that you and I have kind of talked about, and you see it a lot with teams who win championships, where he's, he said like, a team could have great star players or a team could have, you could have a great team, but like, it all comes down to like the details. And I'm paraphrasing this, but it all comes down to the details and that cohesion he mentioned And I think that's kind of what this team needs probably the most. I think everyone can agree, Jake, that the team has talent 
and you heard Brandon Staley talk about like his his dislike for that word talent. Uh, team has talent. Team has star players, but can they gel? Can they come together? Can they be a cohesive unit? That's what remains to be seen. That's what they're going for at training camp. I mean, how can you argue with that? <laughs> Honestly, and it, it, it's it's an echo of Brandon Staley's message to this team about being a complete team on both sides of the ball. I really like the fact that he almost said verbatim the exact same thing that Corey Lindsley had said about him. Just to, I think it was on Monday when he's saying going up against him, it's like one of the best defensive tackles in the game. And then SJD immediately flips it around and said, Corey Lindsley is the best center that I've ever gone up against. And then we've obviously seen the good reps well-documented by now between him and Zion Johnson going blow for blow. And, and this is the type of stuff that just breeds competition. Dan, we, actually not just you and I, but we've talked about it with a bunch of other people. We hate the term on paper. And I feel like the way that Brandon Staley had put that comment as far as talent goes, how many years have we heard the national media say, the Chargers are the most talented roster in the NFL? Drink. And it doesn't end up meaning a damn thing when the regular season comes around. It's it's how you're coached. It's how you're put together. It's are your players buying into what you're supposed to be doing. That is the big difference, I think, in the message that Staley is trying to get across to it. And obviously, it sounds like SJD is bought in, and it sounds like the rest of the team is as well. Yeah. Um, Brandon Staley had a press conference today, Jake. Um, just going through some of my notes here. He had a press conference and he kind of talked about the offense's uh, improvement, talked about Justin Herbert's ability to kind of see the field more, talked about the skill position players uh, having more of a, a grasp on the system going into the second year of it, talked about kind of the physicality that the team has on offense uh, and how that will bode well for the team moving forward. Um, Jake, what are some of the key takeaways you had from the last couple of days? There's a bunch we've already discussed, obviously. Um, Maurice French, we talked about it off the top. He did have a collision, I believe, with Nazir Adderley today at the last play of training camp. Uh, came off gingerly, had medical come out and helped him for a few minutes. It looks like he's going to be okay. Staley talks about that kind of just being uh, an issue of them kind of playing too close. Uh, you know, both trying to perform, trying to make a play, but you know, it is practice. You want to keep everybody healthy. Um, I know, Jake. I asked you a question forty seconds ago at one of that tangent. Jake, what say you? <laughs> uh, I remember that when we were on Popper's Q and A yesterday, I know that this is kind of a, a little bit of a big deal when it comes down to the final 53 man roster, but there was a question that was presented to pop in terms of, does he expect Easton stick to remain on this roster? Does he expect the chargers to keep three quarterbacks? And then he rattled off a couple, a couple other names. He did expect the chargers to ultimately keep four running backs with one of them still being inactive. Now, however you want to take that based off the, the competition that has taken place thus far, it sounds like anybody beyond Eckler and Spiller that Josh Kelly is the one name that has been really praised the most. We'll obviously see what happens come game time because that could totally shift everything. But Daniel was saying that he still expects them to keep three quarterbacks, four running backs. He did not rule out, however, possibility of Jerry Tillery being a roster cut. And I know he didn't have the best practice on Tuesday. And I know it has not been the best camp for him. 
I mean, the, Dan, it seems like the tea leaves have kind of been there since minicamp a little bit. If you go back to Coach Staley's comments, the investment that this team made in bringing in three new guys along the interior of the defensive line, the competition that you have with guys like Brennan Fahoka, who this week has really, really stepped up. And Popper had mentioned this. He's known, obviously, for his run blocking abilities, but he was getting in there on some good pass rushes. Other guys like Brennan Fahoko, you have a Tito that you drafted this year. Morgan, Fox. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's now all of a sudden you're in a crowd, and how are you going to stand out? They've arguably added four guys on this roster that could replace him. That's not including the guys who were already on the squad. So, like, he this is a bad time to kind of blend in, so to speak with the rest of the team. And you can all, you can argue like, is you said, this isn't the best camp. Like, is it the worst he's had since being here? I, you know, I won't go as far as to say that it, that it's the worst. We're just, we're just talking about, an, I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's just well, cause a, we've, we've heard, we've heard, yeah, we've heard camps in the past where, you know, Jerry Tillery has, has looked good. And unfortunately when it's come to the regular season, it just wasn't what you expected. So it's just, you know, camp, with certain things you take with a grain of salt, but when you see things happen consistently, you kind of have to look at that uh, through a little bit bigger of a hole. So I, I mean, it's, it's not surprising and it shouldn't surprise anyone if, if this ultimately ends up coming to fruition, but this the long and short, the moral of the story is the interior of the, def- the defensive line for the Chargers has a lot of guys that are trying to make this roster. And some at that are already locks, but you got some hungry dudes behind those locks. At this point, Jake, would you be more surprised that he made the roster or missed the roster? At this point, again, things can change. But as of today. Dan, after a, almost, what, a week and a half of camp? I, I mean... Games will ultimately change things. Games is where you make statements for yourself. That's happened with players for years. What's going to happen then? As I stand here today, I wouldn't be surprised if he's not on this roster. But what's going to happen come game time? True. True. All right. What else we got, Jake? I know we went through kind of rapid fire. want to kind of keep these short and sweet as we go through kind of the training camp updates, highlights, uh, recaps, press conference recaps, etc. Anything we missed? I mean, other than just individual positive plays for guys, Bryce Callahan had another pass breakup that was intended for Josh Palmer and red zone drills today. Uh, Josh Palmer still obviously looking good throughout this week of practice. Uh, Daniel Boy, Letty Brown had a nice run. I think that was uh, for a touchdown run up the middle, if I remember the play correctly. I think that happened on Tuesday. Uh, just kind of go through my notes here. Nick Neiman had a sack on 11 on 11s on Tuesday. Um, outside of that, Dan, so I mean, David Lloyd, Chris Rumpf, both of them had tackles for loss and sacks, I believe yesterday. Yeah. Sorry. I was not thinking about that because we had already spoken about Damon Lloyd, but thank you. Um, no, I mean, other than that, I know everybody's probably still up in arms thinking that today was going to be the day because it is Derwin James's birthday that it was, he was ultimately going to sign his contract. Didn't happen. Happy birthday, DJ. But nothing to be worried about. Uh, so, Jake, I know we went rapid fire today. Trying to keep this short and sweet for the viewers and listeners. Uh, again, you can find us on Spotify, on Twitter, on Instagram, on YouTube, everywhere else you can find your stuff. Uh, Jake, so to wrap it up, 
few things, housekeeping. One, for folks who have not already taken part in it, we do have a giveaway going this week as we speak. It's on Twitter. Uh, Mike Williams signed mini helmet courtesy of Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia. You'll be hearing about them here in a bit. But check out RSSM, friends of the show, helping us with a signed mini Mike Williams mini helmet. How many times can I say mini? That's a lot of M's in one <laughs> sentence. Yes. Signed uh, mini Mike Williams mini helmet. You said mini twice, but it doesn't matter. That's okay. That's okay. It's just, it's super small. <laughs> um, Microscopic. Yes. Otherwise, Jake. Playing. Weekend. Going to be fun. We're going to be LAFB, you, me. We're going to be at training camp on Saturday. Uh, so if you guys are around, you guys are going to be there. Come say hi. Uh, Jake, anything else you want to tell the great friends before we head out on this hump day? Dan, I, I mean, I, I've been saying for months now, and I've even going back to previous years in this show, people who hate this the preseason, I just... I who are you? Well, no, I won't go as far as to say that. I just like I have yet to understand you. That's all. That's my nice way of saying it. I have yet to understand you because Dan. <laughs> that's a, that's have, a better. That's, a, that's such a PC way of saying it, Jake. Yeah, saying who are you? I, I have, have yet, yet to, to understand, understand you. you. There is. I don't give a damn that it's preseason football, and I don't give a damn that it's not the Chargers. But Dan, there's actually a football game on tomorrow night. So uh, that's I'm excited. Sweet. Am I going to watch it? You damn right I'm going to watch it. Because <laughs> it's football season, baby. Let's and go. What, and what, Jake? Three words. Football's back. Well, that, you had an apostrophe after football. Well, so football that... is back. There, you <laughs> there we go. All right. For Jake Hefner, you can find him at Jake D. Hefner with his Rocky shirt. Myself, Dan W. Scores with the fourth and Staley t-shirt that you can get at LAFB Network. Go to the shop. Use the code Unleash. Get 25% off. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to Chargers Unleash. And we'll talk to you next time. Have a great day. Afternoon.